Welcome to This Much Love, a recurring positivity podcast with Katie Hearth and Keenan Schneider. Episode 6, Iowa Has More Pigs Than People. Hey, B. Hi, Key. <laughs> Why did that make you laugh? Are you worried about letting letting our audience into no. our little... Uh, exchanges i think so i think there's something just in general a little sort of like cutesy and fun about the the podcast anyway like our mentality behind it the way the thing that where it's like (laughs) oh we're like trying to spread positivity and joy and like uh, it's so funny every time i explain it to somebody i'm like does this feel stupid yeah (laughs) does this is this dumb what i'm telling you and I'm like, no, I've got to sell it to myself. This is really yeah. great. It's a positive thing. Yeah. And people go, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. But uh, so like, but there's, so I think that's like, it's approaching the levels of cheesiness where we yeah. just kind of embrace that. But I think the idea that <laughs> that now we start using these cutesy little pet names, <laughs> like yeah, little nicknames for mm-hmm. each other going into it, I'm just kind of like, oh man, we're like. <laughs> we are too cute. <laughs> we are just, just too cute. It's, yeah, it's too much. Uh, but, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's cute, and that's fine. Maybe we can just be cute. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cute for us. I think we I can gonna, let yeah. it be cute for other people, too, if they want it to exactly. be. Exactly. Maybe people are sitting here right now and going, this isn't that cute, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know what? That's okay. <laughs> then this isn't for you. This moment, that moment right there, yeah, that wasn't for, for you. Us. This is for us. This is for us. I had a moment for me earlier. Did you? And it's one of my my normal moments where I made myself laugh apropos of nothing because I thought of something. Oh, nice. Uh, and it, <laughs> it made me realize that I kind of want to spend the rest of the day uh, just going through the back catalog of Monster Factory episodes because oh. I just thought of, I thought of Trash Hulk and Metal Husband. <laughs> <laughs> I do. This is something, dear audience, that like I deeply, deeply appreciate about my co-host, Keenan. <laughs> Um, we will frequently often just be sitting, doing our own thing, really not absorbing any media, or we'll be in the middle of a conversation and all of a sudden Keenan will just start laughing. Dare I say giggling. Oh yeah. With delight. You are a giggler. And you are. It's something that surprises a lot of people because you do have this really lovely like recordable voice, but then your laugh is very You giggle, yeah, <laughs> and like people, people are like always kind of thrown off by that, in a in a good way. I would say yeah. it's unexpected, delightfully unexpected. Wait a second, wait. So I'm just kind of going along with this, but at the same time, you're saying that people, like you have heard from people. Yes, I've heard from people. I mean, okay, so there was a period of time where you were, um, when uh, before we started dating, when you, yeah. like lived in my apartment for a week while you were kind of going through some life stuff. Yeah. And my roommates at the time were not um, as exposed to your gregarious humor. Yeah. And I remember several times like we'd be watching something or we'd be talking about something and then you would burst out into a giggle and that always surprised them. They were like, what is this? That's true. So that's multiple people. Yeah. 
already. I just didn't know if you had heard through the grapevine. No, like no. behind my back, people oh, are just kind of like, oh, that, that Keenan, he's a giggler. Yeah, that's definitely a conversation <laughs> that real people have. They like go out of their way to approach me and they're like, we need to talk about Keenan's giggle. <laughs> <laughs> Point being, you burst out into giggles. Because you have thought of something. Frequently. Frequently. And it's just out of nowhere. And I just, I find it so lovely that (laughs) there is this joy that you can derive from a single joke or a single exchange over and over and over again. Because, like, (laughs) frequent recurrences are things like Metal Husband from... Monster Factory. Monster Factory, hosted by Justin and Griffin McElroy, or Mystery Science Theater 3000, or Iowa Has More Pigs Than People. <laughs> that's, that's a really <laughs> obscure inside like, work there is, joke. Okay, so but, on a whiteboard like, <laughs> at work for the past nearly year, there has been a drawing that someone made of a man, a, be, a bespeckled man. Just a plain looking man on a whiteboard. And he has a little speech bubble that literally just says Iowa has more pigs than people. That is it. That is the entirety of the goof. But every (laughs) single time we pass that drawing, you say it out loud like. (laughs) I can't even do it right now. (laughs) Iowa has more pigs than people. It's always, yeah, like I just imagine Iowa has more pigs than people. (laughs) It's just. This is how it goes. This is how it goes. He literally just reads the board out loud to himself in that voice, and then he bursts out laughing. It's amazing. I just love this idea of somebody that loves Iowa so much. Like, so one of my best friends, Charles, is from Iowa, mm-hmm. and he loves Iowa. Right. Like, he's really proud of the state that he's from, and <clears throat> and he. Like, I could totally see somebody like him. Like, he doesn't sound like that. So this isn't like, I don't think this is this Charles. This is not a dig on Charles. But it's 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 that sort of pride. And mm-hmm. so I read this in this voice of this person who's just like, this Very is a really fun fact. fact. Like, this is a great fact. Like, oh, wow, isn't it so cool that Iowa has more pigs than people? And so it's always just kind of like, Iowa has more pigs than people. It's just I, like, I it's know, just... but it's like this narrative that you've constructed for yourself about a, bl- about a whiteboard drawing. And it again, to, to just hone this in, we are in this office five days a week. We walk by this thing at least twice a week, yep. the two of us together. I don't know how much more often you walk by it by yourself. I walk by it a ton because it's close to my desk. Yeah. But every time we walk by it together, every time, you say it out loud and you start laughing. And it's this thing that I just find so incredible about you, this ability to find joy and love and humor in something that inspired a laugh from you the first time you engaged with uh-huh. it. And you do it over and over again. Yeah. That being said, totally support the idea of going through and digging through the Monster Factory today. But oh I do want to play RimWorld. Oh, no, we totally have to play RimWorld. I will say before we get into the question that I have yeah. on deck, uh, because we've mentioned it a couple times now, I want to make sure to, at the very least, plug Monster Factory and mm-hmm. give a hearty recommendation that before you do anything else today, finish this episode, but then go search on the YouTubes for Monster Factory. And like Katie mentioned, it's a show hosted by Justin Griffin McElroy, who we talked about in like episode one when we talked about podcasts, because they do 
a plethora of podcasts and other internet properties that are just completely delightful. I don't think there's anything they do that is not wonderful mm-hmm. and just a, a complete joy. Including their contributions to Desert Bus. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to plug that for you because I'm trying to convince you to come see, like, just watch a, a couple hours of Desert Bus. So okay. I'm just trying to convince you that it's worth your time because still, the McElroys participate. I still don't understand Desert Bus, but we'll figure but it out. But we can explore it together. That's sure. the whole point. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. But either way, I have a feeling at some point in the future, I don't want to put a timeline on this, but in the future, I imagine we come back and talk about Monster Factory. Oh. That's a great idea. I'll write the, that down as one of my questions. Because <laughs> we both love it. I might love it you a little bit more. You love it more than I do. A lot, yes. a lot, a bit a lot more. more. A lot a bit more. But Monster yeah. Factory, it's just, it's these two brothers playing video games where you can create your own character and trying to make the most like horrifying thing that that character creator allows you to create. But then they fall in love with their characters and play as them and like just they create Joke stories for them. And create, and, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it is one of the most unbelievably funny and delightful things. Go search for just like Bart. Go search for uh, uh, the final Pam, <laughs> metal husband. You'll you will be delighted. So anyway, Katie. Yeah. This is also going to be a callback to something that we just talked about because something that we've both been enjoying quite a bit recently. And I'm actually not shocked, but like I'm so happy that you're enjoying it as much as you are. Uh And I kind of want to dig into this because I think it's something that's a little, it's not as on brand for you. Okay. I I am a huge video game person and I love video games. And I I can just go on and on with like we talked about God of War. I would like that to know. That is just scratching the surface. Totally. I have so many more questions to ask about video games in we'll, general. We will get there. Excellent. <laughs> but it's not as common for you to love video games as much. Or games. Sure. We've been enjoying RimWorld. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, how much do you love RimWorld? That's so funny. I had no idea you were going to ask me that. So when I brought it up... Like, I really wasn't expecting you to ask me this question. Yeah. I don't know if you can see this right now, but I was looking at the RimWorld website earlier. (laughs) One, because I'm just like completely obsessed with this game right now, but also because like I want to make sure if we have to do a little bit of like, what's a RimWorld? Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's ready to go. But the question still stands. How much do you love RimWorld? So I have been playing RimWorld for like what? A week? Maybe two? Is it? I mean, we we've kind of dabbled on and off. Yeah, but, but I would say a, it's probably been a couple weeks since collectively, we started, right? That we that we started this most recent foray into it, mm-hmm. and I think have taken it way more seriously. Absolutely. Oh, but we did start one where everything went bad, and we had to start yes, over. Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah. So we've we've had I think in total three colonies, y- you and I mm-hmm. together, to. Give you a little bit of an idea of what RimWorld is. It is a uh, a game, and it's available on Steam. It's so PC, Mac, all that good stuff. Yep. You create a world by like generating it with like a random string of text, mm-hmm. and then you are able to determine like h- how you want to play. Like, is it going to be chaotic and and awful? Is it going to be really slow and peaceful? Or is it going to be kind of like this middle ground? And then you get to select your colonists. And there are different different tiers of colonist selection, but the yeah. one that we've been playing, we get 
three colonists of varying skills. We get to pick from a pool of like eight. Yeah. We get three of them. They crash land on like this map at the, like on the place that we determine on, on this map. This is so convoluted. I would say at a high level. Yeah. You start with three colonists with varying traits mm-hmm. who have crash landed together on this planet and you need to build a colony. To survive and ideally, hopefully get out, right? Is that the, the end game? The end game is get off of the world, the rim world, if you will. Ah, uh, <laughs> and get back and, to the center world? Sure. Okay. Just get off of the rim world. Like, get out of... Yeah, nobody yeah. wants to be on the rim. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> okay. We'll edit out my, like, really, like... <laughs> like mealy-mouthed explanation of what RimWorld is. We'll use yours. I like it a lot better. It's succinct. It's good for our listeners. But I also think at the same time, it does like it does show that there's a lot of detail in here. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot going on. It's not just like, Absolutely. it's not your typical, typical uh, video game where you kind of like assume the, like, the identity and like of one character and control it directly right. and tell them exactly what to do. You're kind of like this omniscient god character who's kind of helping direct these colonists about their day to help them prioritize work and strategically like build and create things um so that they can improve their conditions survive thrive and move on yeah on the nerdy end of the spectrum if any of you are familiar with the game dwarf fortress that is something that heavily inspired RimWorld. On the not-so-nerdy end of the spectrum, maybe the more mainstream side, if you're Sims. familiar with The Sims, yeah. it's a, it's, I would say it's like a hardcore, like a much, yes. more, uh, d- d- much more hardcore in a number of different ways. Yeah, you're just in a Sims. harsher environment, generally. Like, I mean, you just are. Yeah. But, and, and you're not necessarily a god that like, assumes direct control, but you right. have insight into your characters, like your, they call it like little pawns. Mm-hmm into their traits, their personalities, their social their skills, their like passions. And you don't tell them what to do as much as you just give like general suggestions and then they do the thing based on their priorities. Absolutely. And like you can help them understand like what a priority is, like you should continue to cook simple meals until you have at least 20 meals mm-hmm. forever. And then, you know, anytime they drop below 20, then somebody starts cooking again, right? So, like, there are certain, and, like, that helps the colony survive. And you, like, assign them different, like, essential duties, hunter, planter, doctor, chef, yeah. builder, etc. And you create this life based off of the resources that you have in the area that you occupy. So it's not like you go out and get a job and get money and then can buy whatever you want. It's like you have what is available at your fingertips, essentially, um, and what you crash land with. So it's this really intriguing game for me because, like, I saw it described somewhere by a fan who said that when they first encountered this game and somebody suggested that they play it, they were like, I am not going to play this sack of potatoes bullshit game. Because <laughs> because when you look at it, like they really are these little characters. They're not as detailed as the most recent re- iterations of The Sims, right? Right. There yeah. isn't a lot of detail to their their bodies or their faces. You are far away watching these people do their thing. 
the animations, while there are many of them, are very basic, I would say. Yeah. You know, the detail of these of the physical characters themselves, yeah. not so much. The art style is super simple. Exactly. However, it's a wonderfully complex world mm-hmm. full of all sorts of different game style plays. There are all sorts of different modifications, which apparently like the game developers really support, which is incredible, too. We don't play with any mods ourselves. At but, least not now. But it's just so it's just really fascinating. It's this game of survival of strategy. Um, and the as you mentioned, like the social aspect of the game being able to see how these characters are so different, the social skills they have, the tactical skills they have, and how they engage with one another and develop rapport and relationships amongst each other and like animals that come by that they <laughs> adopt or like, you know, all this stuff is really crazy. And then chaos ensues. Like. Yeah. There's an electrical fire, or there's a <laughs> raid. A, that, or... the, the electrical fire is at the very low end of the chaos Exactly. <laughs> but that's the chaos that's like spontaneous physical danger. Yeah. And then you bring in spontaneous physical danger brought upon by outsiders who are trying to ruin you with purpose. Right. Like not an accident, purposely, vengefully trying to destroy you. And then there are calls to missions outside of your little area on the map. So you you take caravans if you so choose to go rescue someone or retrieve items or engage in peace talks or defend yourself or whatever. And horrible, horrible shit can go <laughs> so, so wrong that unravels everything in a moment. Yeah. Or like a bear just goes crazy and starts attacking all of your people. Or a rabbit. Or a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, you have you like know? a mad hare that attacks, starts attacking your people, and then somebody gets an infection from the bite and dies from the infection. Right, and like, and you have to perform like amputations and give people peg limbs, and like, you know, <laughs> there's just it's like there's there's so much nuance in the interactions and situations and scenarios that you encounter with this game. That it really keeps you on your toes. And you can celebrate these moments of peace. But really, it's like life. When it's just like when it's peaceful, that's when you get down to work and you keep bettering yourself just in case something crazy happens tomorrow. And then, you know, you take risks and sometimes they pay off. And you take risks and sometimes they go horribly fucking wrong. (laughs) And then sometimes... 11 Yorkie Terriers wander into your territory and they're like, please adopt us. And yes. you're like, what is this game? Yeah. And, and 11 is not an exaggeration. That <laughs> like literally this. happened in one, of our, in one of our colonies. Just this random event pops up where it's like, a group of Yorkshire Terriers have decided to join your tribe and we look and there's like fucking 11 dogs right, just right. marching over to our house. <laughs> and they have different dog breeds like Labs yeah. and Huskies and yeah. Yorkies and like and there are different animals that have different like training qualifications. So you can train a dog much like you could in real life to be obedient, to haul stuff for you, to perform <laughs> rescue missions, to be defensive attack animals. But the cat will just live there. Yeah. And wasn't and will not be of any assistance whatsoever. Yeah. Which is also stereotypically accurate of cats. Yeah. You know, and so we did. We do have an attack turtle now, though, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if attack turtles can really be trained in real life. Anyway, the more that we describe the systems in this game, the more I realize just like how 
overwhelmingly difficult it can be to get into it. Yes. Um, but I think like the the thing that is worthwhile, like as as intricate and as tricky and 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 hard and like the the learning curve is steep. But I think you start picking away at some of the beginning systems. You start layering on a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like I can't tell you how many times in the dozens of hours I've played this game, how many times I had to restart colonies and basically just do like the first like replay the first couple seasons of these colonies over and over because something right. would inevitably go wrong. But there's so much fun to be had in the stories that are generated. Absolutely. Like that's, that's what sinks that's what hooks me too. Yeah. Is that the micromanaging and not even micromanaging, but the managing of these people's lives. Yep. That is probably similar to like Sims, whatever. Yeah. For me, it is like the nuance of it, the humanity of it, the relationships and like truly the unpredictable chaos or rewards that you get. Yeah. That keep me engaged, laughing, rooting for these people, devastated when I have a loss. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, But agreed. So, like, if you were to dive into RimWorld for the first time, I would say, much like SoulCycle, expect those first three rides to just suck. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Just expect the first three times you play this game that you start with a colony that it sucks. Because you don't know what to expect. You're probably not very good at it. And shit's going to hit the fan. Yep. And then get on Reddit. Join that RimWorld subreddit. Learn some things. Keep going because you'll figure out how to better, like, what you really need to focus on in those first, like, few seasons and what you need to start building to progress or to survive or whatever. What is worth the risk? What isn't? And then you'll learn how to, like, adapt and continue to go. Like, there are people who have colonies that are, like, several years old. Yeah. You know? Like, they just kind of keep going. Yeah. And that's super cool. I don't know if that... I don't know if I want to... I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long I want to play, like, with a successful colony. Well, especially... I mean, but there's there's also that level of attachment that you get to these characters. So, like, like, yeah, getting into the game is tricky, but... You stay for the stories. Definitely. Like you stay for the these characters that are, again, Like they're literally like potatoes. They look right. like potatoes. Yeah. Like they're like little thumb people. Yeah. <laughs> they're like you take, if you drew like two dots and a smiley face, they don't even have mouths. mouths. They just have just eyes. eyes. Like you just draw two little dots for eyes hair. on your thumb. And you could like. And you that's basically, Charles. Yeah, exactly. Like Charles, you have, our Rimworld character, not Charles, your best friend. Correct. It's amazing how. The sort of the game is just like this emergent sandbox Mm -hmm. that just constantly throws little events at you. And that creates, I would say, as much, if not more attachment uh, than some of the like most intricate and detailed and highly like highly budget or uh, highly produced and and big budget games out there. Definitely. A few episodes back, I was talking about God of War and how Mm -hmm. much connection I felt to that. Like that took a team. Uh multiple years to develop you know uh this really tight relationship that they had to hone and that is a script and like you like that that's its own form of craft absolutely but this is so free form that it like the you, fact that it is free form but it still hooks you emotionally yeah. is really quite an achievement what i find interesting now that you bring that up 
is that you really aren't typically in games a story-driven person. No. Right? Like, a lot of the games that you like to play have those mechanics of take down the bad guys Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And while some people, like Dunkey, for example, may find that monotonous (laughs) and they really do want a compelling story. And when the story is not compelling, that is a drawback for that person. You're like, I don't fucking care about the story. Yeah. Give me, give me the mechanics. Let me do the missions over and over again. That's what I'm here for. RimWorld is not that at all. Yeah. You have to be responsive when you go into action, you know, anything violent. And even then, you're not pointing and clicking to to navigate that mission successfully. It really is up to the skills and the chance Mm -hmm. of the pawns. Yeah. So I find it so fascinating that this is a game that you and I have played together for several hours at a time. And And the time flies by for me and you seem to enjoy it. Yeah. I think for me, I am more emotionally and story driven. And so like, I'm totally in. Right. Um, And when I say we play together, you are more masterful, technically speaking, on PC, like manning controls, etc. But we sit there and we kind of plan and prioritize projects together Mm -hmm. to set our colony up for success um, as best we can as we're kind of really fumbling (laughs) around in the dark trying to figure out what to do here. Totally. Which is also really fun. It's one of those games that it does have high-ish stakes. Yeah. But... Because there are so many things that are trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) The weather. Yeah, yeah, the weather alone. Mm -hmm. But then these random events that happen, because like all the systems that we've talked about, we didn't even talk about the fact that there's also this sort of like AI director playing in the background that you get to choose how chill they are. Like you get to choose from one of three directors. One of them's just going to kind of slowly ramp up the difficulty. One's going to be kind of chill and just kind of casually throw stuff at you. And then one of them is just completely chaotic and will just like throw randomly, everything at you. randomly choose whatever he wants at any point. And then you choose difficulty levels. So not only do mm-hmm. you choose the director, you also choose just how much of a bastard they're going to be. Um, and so that's also playing in the background. And that's the thing that's kind of like that's Generating. lighting the fire. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the story comes from. Like, it's always just kind of like, all right, you know, it's great when it's peaceful. But where's the next conflict? Because that makes a good story. Absolutely. And learning how to manage conflict between your colonists, because sometimes they don't get along. Yeah. Sometimes they get, they do not like each other and they get into fights and they beat each other up. And then you have to be like, like, oh my gosh, please tend to this person. (laughs) They're Um, just like us. They're just like us. These little, (laughs) these little thumb potato people. Yeah. So I, it's an accessible game in terms of like hand-eye coordination. Like for me, I can recognize that it's not something where I'm like, because a lot of console-based games that idea of aiming, shooting, you know, hitting X at the right time, et cetera, et cetera. Using two thumbsticks on a controller. Yeah, manning a camera at the same time. That part is not technically difficult in this game at all. It's bird's eye view, scroll, zoom, and then click, direct, you know, yeah. et cetera, click and drag, whatever. Not to mention the fact that you can you can pause and you can also speed up and slow down time as needed. So that aspect is really easy to manage. Absolutely. So I think if you're not a big video game person, especially because of like the physical technical challenges that you may encounter there, this is a really great engrossing complex game that you can get into. And 
it's something that you can, because it's narrative driven, you can share it with somebody if you want to, or you can be just compelled and engaged solo. You don't need to share it with somebody else. And it is a little bit of project management, which is something that I particularly like. (laughs) It's good for me. ISFJ, detail oriented, love that shit. And it is hard because you are managing so much. That's the challenging part for sure, especially because there are unknown and random variables at play. And so you have to be responsive, reactive, and proactive all at the same time. So that's the thing that I find like really engaging and challenging about it. But it does feel from a technical game aspect approachable for me. Yeah. Yes, it might be a little overwhelming at first because I have to navigate this menu and figure out what I want to do. But again, I can pause and take my time and read through stuff and then kind of decide. I like because you're so at ease with the controls. Right. I like you kind of manually driving the ship there. And I like that we can still, I still feel like we can play together. Yeah. Even though I'm not on the keyboard or the mouse. But I will say, so like the... That's probably the the first major hurdle that anybody starting playing this needs to get over is that the the UI, like just the interacting with the game aspect can be a little obtuse. Like it's it's definitely there are a lot of little menus. There are a lot of little systems that you're not going to be completely sure of. There are a lot of details. Exactly. But I think that you don't need like if you try to absorb everything at once, you fail. Like you're not going to have fun. If you take things little bits at a time, like just get the basics of like how to build a house like that. You layer those on. That gets easier. Because like I've been playing now and you've been sitting with me and you do very little controlling. Every once in a while you'd be like, okay, like can I just how do you do this? And we'll we'll kind of walk through that. Mm -hmm. But the thing that is really interesting to me now that we've been playing so much that you are now interested in potentially getting the game, like a copy of the game for yourself and playing on your own. Mm -hmm. And I can fully imagine that like you've seen me do this enough now where you're just kind of like, oh yeah, like I would feel good like Mm -hmm. jumping in there. Definitely, definitely. steering. Absolutely. And to be clear, like I have a luxury with you. I'm very privileged to have you at my side for this. It's a nice exposure for me. I just don't want to dissuade other people who maybe don't have that luxury mm-hmm. that like you should not try this game if it sounds interesting to you. Totally. Um, yeah. And it's just like these like unique stories. Every time we play, it's different. Every colony is different. No story plays out the same. Yep. And I think that's true for literally like every single iteration of this game ever played. Yes. Which is incredible to me. Yeah. Like there are going to be similar events, but you always have different colonists. Yep. They never happen in the same way. Yep. Like the one of my favorite things about this game is that it's almost impossible when you're like choosing your initial colonists or then when you stumble up upon people in the world like mm-hmm. who are just kind of randomly generated you never really truly find a perfect person. Mm-hmm. You may have somebody who's a really great builder and an amazing cook, but they won't do dumb labor. Mm-hmm. Like they're just ca- completely incapable. Or you might have somebody who won't do firefighting and they're a pyromaniac. We or do have that person. Yeah, yeah like, definitely. So like, or like there's like, so for example, and like this is interesting to me that this is like a mechanic, but like we have a character right now who is an incredible miner and builder, like the fastest we have. Yep. But he's a fucking misogynist. Yeah. And so he is rude. That's one of his character traits. Yes. He is rude to women. Yeah. He has a negative opinion of them. And so then we have to be strategic about that because 
like he's not it doesn't seem like he's affecting their quality of life too much he just doesn't like them yeah and the like misogynists or misandrists will have the higher potential to like insult people of the opposite absolutely. sex. It, and so like you you have to struggle with this idea of like it's not a great it's not a, a he's good not person. a good person. Yeah, like this is a bad quality. Um, but we're also we're like we're slim pickings. <laughs> right. Like we don't have the luxury of turning people yeah. who are practically efficient away. But what you can do is you can be like, you know what, dude? You're on the night shift. Yeah, exactly. Okay? You are going to sleep during the day, and you're going to be awake at night with this other dude who is also a good builder, so you guys can tag team and build shit together as needed. And you're not going to engage with the women as as much as we can limit that. We are going to restrict how much you engage with women. And then that makes things better for everyone. Yeah. And so, But that's every single time. Right. Like, you always have these little, like, pros and cons of every single person. And that just feels so genuine Mm -hmm. there's you never have anybody in your life where you're just kind of like they are 100 percent completely flawless and they're great at everything like Mm -hmm. everybody has those struggles and yeah it's a video game and these are simplified things and it like it heightens the drama and it makes it i think it makes it more fun when you do find these people who are like they they are really good at certain things but then there are other areas where it's like oh this is, this is something that we have to deal with, and it's going to make the game ultimately more interesting. Uh-huh, definitely. And I do want to say that I don't think that the, the game does a really good job of not celebrating any particular character. Yeah. So it's not like there is a character that is universally adored and is like within the game itself. Mm-hmm. We will develop as the players our own feelings about each character. And those things change too. So I, for example, remember when we encountered this refuge, this refugee, Charles, yeah, um, who is one of our colonists now. And he showed up and he had like next to no skills. He was incapable of dumb labor. He was super social. But he was highly, highly social. He just, he didn't have any like, so there are different skills like, you know, being a g- good with animals or being good in the garden or being a good builder or being a good chef or a doctor. He was like a decent artist and nothing else. And he was highly social. He had high social skills. And I remember when we initially like accepted him, we didn't know what skills he would possess. And when we discovered that, you got really disappointed. You were like, he's useless. Yeah. Like, this is the beginning <laughs> of our colony. He can't do, he can't haul, he can't plant, he can't build. Like, what What the hell? Let's just go harvest him for parts. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and he's a transhumanist, so he's always going to be disappointed that he's not like part robot. Um, which is also one of his skills, which is just so crazy. Or one of his traits. It's just so nuts. But he's been in the colony for several seasons now. He is our household cleaner. That is like his number one job. He goes around and cleans up after everybody and like sweeps and mops and like all this stuff. He's such a good boy. And and like that skill, while we weren't, we it's not crucial to survival. It makes everybody else more happy. Yeah. And his high social skills, everybody loves him. Like in the colony, like his relationship yeah. with everyone, he got married to yep. somebody who came and like a, like a wild woman who like had never known civilization before. Yeah. They're married now, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm just describing this game and it's just, it, it keeps blowing my mind how complex and fun and lovely it is. Yeah. I really didn't think I'd have this much to say about RimWorld, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't expecting, but I, this is great. I'm so into this. I'm very into it as well. I am well. here for it. I am here for this. <laughs> and 
I so I highly recommend the game. I think it's one worth purchasing. I think it's one worth supporting. And it's just for me at least, it's a boatload of fun even when it's heartbreaking or frustrating or maddening. It's the fact that it has sunk into me in that way and can affect me in such a way mm, makes me love it even more. Yeah. Even even when things go horribly wrong and it is heartbreaking, mm-hmm. uh, especially in those instances where like, oh, our colony just got completely wiped out and we have to start over. It's a game that I really love starting over on. Mm-hmm. And that's not. There is like the a moment. There's a moment oh. of grief for sure <laughs> for where sure. it's like. I, I, we have both experienced this moment where we're like, okay, we need to pause. <laughs> this is too much. I need to pause. I need to walk away. So just like, not a spoiler, but like that first colony that we started together or the second one, I guess, with all of those Yorkies, oh my God. every single one of them got slaughtered oh my God. in a bear fight. They did. They all died. No, it was, it was muffalos. Oh, it was muffalos. The rage of the muffalos. That's right. These yep. like generally gentle creatures. We tried to hunt them and, and they did the, not like the that. And then the herd of muffalo, they, they came after us and they killed nearly all of our colonists and literally every single dog. Mm-hmm. And it was, and one of them was pregnant. Oh my God. And it was just devastating. <laughs> it was honestly devastating. It's just, it's absurd. And so then- we paused and we walked away and the next day we were like, I want to play more RimWorld. And we just looked at each other and we just go, can we even go back to that? Yeah, like, can, can I we... even, can I even accept <laughs> this turnout and keep going with this particular scenario with like, literally I think like one person was alive. Yep. One survived. And then like, and they have to bury all of their friends and they have to- And the puppies. And the puppies. And like they had like, I mean, and they they were like traumatized and they were going to go crazy. Like they were high risk for like a mental break. (laughs) And I think we just said, you know what? The the humane thing to do here is just to delete this game. (laughs) I was going to say like- (laughs) It's uh, like, let's just put it out of its misery. As we're describing this this scenario that happened, all of this hype that we just built up for this game, suddenly (laughs) like people are going to be listening going like- this sounds terrible. And it is. It is. Yeah. But I think that that's one of the beautiful things about it. Yeah. Is that, yeah, that kind of devastating shit could happen pretty much at any moment. Yeah. Especially when your colony is small and young. Yeah. But we started this new colony and now it's like several seasons old mm-hmm. and there are like 10 people in it yep. and like three muffalo including a baby that we had oh like or four or five muffalo now and like that we <laughs> to be trained clear, a muffalo is just a buffalo basically it's the game's version yeah it's like but it's like an elephant yeah buffalo thing sure a mammoth buffalo we just that's keep... what it is that's why it's muffalo Muff- we yeah, just anyway. keep throwing this word muffalo out there I'll like it's a sh- thing I'll link that in the show notes what a muffalo is <laughs> yeah, it's just a screenshot of a muffalo just a screenshot of a muffalo um and <laughs> And we've got like huskies and a turtle and a cat. And like, it's just lovely. Yeah. It's actually lovely. And things are pretty peaceful right now. And so we're like building, we, we've built a greenhouse. We have several generators. Like there are, I mean, there are so many things that we have been able to accomplish with this colony that feel yeah. really good. And regardless of the ultimate outcome, I'm committed to trying to make them successful. Yeah. You know? It's so, just been a really 
awesome experience. Like it's it's a game that I've come back to because it's been, it was in development for like five years, and they mm-hmm. finally just released like the the first full version of the game. So it's like f- the final release um, uh, just happened. But I had been playing in early access, so I've been playing through ah. like the beta versions of the game. Wow! And it's something that I would come back to. You know, uh, every once in a while, I'd get the the urge. It's like I'm going to play RimWorld, and I'd get really into it mm-hmm. and play like five to ten hours worth of of the game, and then I would just kind of put it by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And I would say like this is probably the strongest I've ever felt about it. Yeah, and I think a huge driving factor was that you and I were able to share this together and kind of enjoy this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we both have two very different perspectives on it, like. You, uh, with your sort of like project uh, management uh, perspective, like the details, like you drive a lot of the, what are we going to do next? And that's the the stuff where I don't feel as creative in games like this. So Mm -hmm. I think it's been a huge boon to play together. So it wasn't just me trying to like continually stoke the fires of, of creativity and excitement for this. Right. But because I've learned all these things while we've been playing together, mm-hmm. it's now way more fun for me to play by myself too. Right. So I'm definitely. just like, I'm so into this game right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, it, and it makes me extremely happy that you have taken to it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm having a blast. Yeah. I wasn't sure how it was going to be. And yeah. it's been a great, exp- uh, a great thing for us to share. Definitely. And I appreciate your willingness and, the how consistently you suggest or offer the opportunity to experience games with you how often you offer that to me yeah because i don't think i would be inspired on my own to say hey i want to try playing this game yeah (laughs) um and even though you know that i'm not like the biggest game person that i don't get too attached you've been really supportive and encouraging and always offer the opportunity to engage with you in those games yeah um and sometimes in cases like this like RimWorld, for example it like really like pays off and i really have enjoyed the experience yeah i sincerely like if i hadn't been busy in the evenings this week all i wanted to do was like come home and play <laughs> RimWorld with you yeah and it is something where it's like i could imagine myself doing this on my own as a form of like decompressing, engaging, having fun, doing my own thing. And yeah. that to me is also very exciting. I just hope that my MacBook Air can like take it. Handle you it, know? Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, because it is a pretty like, it's not a graphically intense game. I mm-hmm. think that most people listening to this could probably, like if this sounds interesting, you could probably run it. It depends on like your machine. It may not be like the most fantastic thing in the world, but mm-hmm. I think at the very least you'd get a decent experience. Right. Yeah, just a keyboard and a mouse and a screen. That's what you need. Yep. And, you know, a processor and stuff. <laughs> yeah, just an empty shell of a computer. <laughs> Not going to cut it. Not going to cut it. So um, I'm shocked at how much we've talked about this. Yeah, I'm really, um, this makes me really happy. Yeah? Yeah. Good. We'll put a link to the the game's website in the mm-hmm. show notes. Absolutely. I'm sure the subreddit, uh, but also we can put the Steam link in there too. Mm-hmm. So like you can find out Steam, you can buy it through the website directly. Like yeah. it's like 30 bucks. Um, or 40, 30 or 40. 35 maybe? I don't 35. know. Something it's, like that. It's within that range. And I would say like, I mean, I've gotten well over 50 hours worth of entertainment out of this. Yeah. We've been playing for hours and hours. 
uh, ourselves. So I think mm-hmm. it's well worth every single penny we spend. Definitely. On it. And then, like I said, like we are exploring the what they call what what the the rim worlders or those experts they call the vanilla version of the game, <laughs> which is just as the original game developer built it and like sent it out. Yeah, there are. I mean, to my knowledge, at least dozens and dozens of modifications available for this game to change up the gameplay a little bit to make certain things possible to heighten the stakes to anything that you can think of basically everything from like new texture packs Mm -hmm. like just to kind of make the game look a little bit different to like changing how the interface behaves to adding in a bunch of like new things to build or scenarios or creatures or whatever like there's there are endless ways to to kind of, or even just like uh, adding additional um, like intricacies mm-hmm. uh, to traits and how to yeah how to command people or how to like harness different yeah resources yeah yeah. But even the vanilla game um, oh yeah that's what just, we play. It's just a ton of fun and there's so much depth there that I I feel like I could go hundreds of hours mm-hmm. and not even worry about modifications like that's absolutely. A, that's a thing that I think some people in the gaming community really embrace and enjoy and always try to find like the perfect combination of mods. I'm always a person who's kind of a purist. Mm-hmm. I try to just go vanilla. Absolutely. Regardless. And I, I too feel more akin to being like to just accepting what I've been given right. and not <laughs> not trying to like change too much. But for anybody who may be interested in like looking at how can I customize this game to suit me? And what I'm into, like, there is a lot, there are a lot of modifications out there. And unlike many mods and other games of this type, the game developer and the community they're in, they support the mods, which oh, yeah. is really significant as well. Um, in as far as I can tell. So, yeah. yeah, I would like highly suggest giving it a try. Or if you are my friend and you want to come over, I can show you the game in person sometime. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy to do that. There Katie are also plenty of talking videos. To you. Um, <laughs> I really want to go home and play this now. Okay. So we should go do that. I would love that. Thank you so much for asking me about this today. I'm so delighted by the the reception that this question got. Yeah. Like, I had a feeling that you'd be like, yeah, Rimworld's great. But then like, I don't know. It's just, it's really fun to see how this kind of unfolded. Definitely. I think it's nice to talk about the why. Like again, it's, yeah. that is a, that is the <laughs> thing that drives me in this podcast in general is, do I love it? Yes or no? Cool. Why? Yeah. Um, and so being able to like really reflect on that with this new thing is really fun. Yeah. Even when your 11 Yorkies are horribly killed in a Muffalo raid. Special thanks to Jackson Davis, whose song Same As You Wanted is our intro and outro music. Check out his EP, 701, anywhere you listen to music. You can get in touch with us through our website, thismuchlove.com, and via Twitter, at thismuchlove. Our DMs are open. Tell us about something you love.
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sad. Metal husband. <laughs> that has nothing to do with this. I guess I just thought Back about to the it. giggling. It made me giggle. <laughs> I love you.